The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome to episode number 271 of On the Corner, the official PitcherList.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast, joined, as always, by Mr. Bastonian himself, Nick Pallet. Nick, how you doing? What is happening? I will not ever do what you just did. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Why are you Mr. Boston, though? Well, yeah, that was a wonderful PitcherList meetup we had over the weekend. You did. You had a nice little meetup with some yeah. buds. You guys went to the Chris Sale re-debut. Mm. Okay, I'm going to say this. What? I, I was a little disappointed. What? You really want to start out the podcast this way? People are going to shut this off right away. Because I had to be the one oh, okay. at the end of the first inning. There were two strikes on the batter. Yeah. End of the first inning. Mm-hmm. Chris Sale's pitching. This is the savior of the Red Sox this year, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're, they're, yeah. You know, they're well, high up in the AL East. Well, so. no, yeah, but that, you know, the Rays are running away with it. They're trying to hold off the Yankees. And here sure. comes Chris Sale. I, I got it. Yeah, I, yeah, you okay. finally have an ace this year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Evolt, you've done great. But you understand. Two strikes, end of the first. No one is standing up. No one's cheering. I had to hit Ben Brown to, next to me to stand up. I got up cheering, clapping my hands, whooping and hollering for them Bostonians. Really? I had to do that for them because that's that's Chris Sale. And, and that, I want every pitcher to be dope. And he's he, he's dope. Was so that his first that. strikeout of the game too? No, I think he'd already had second, one by I that think point. Second, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that's like that's the moment. It's like, look at this. Let's seal off this first inning. Yeah, yeah, Two yeah. Two strikes. You gotta. Yeah, you gotta. You gotta support him. You gotta let you him know, know you love I him. I was a little. I was a little. You know. But anyway, it's great time. You know, Fenway Park was wonderful. Wonderful people. It's cool to see Sale. Good time. It was very good. And we're going to go into that start uh, a little bit more in depth. And if you didn't see the gift breakdown, I believe it was Daniel Port. Oh, yeah, he did. Daniel Port did a great job on that, on that gift breakdown of, of Chris Sale. We're going to talk about him momentarily. Before we get into the tears, you should be checking us out every morning on the First Pitch Podcast. We're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, TikTok, at PitcherList, at Nick Pollock, PL, at Alex Fast, PL. You should also be joining PL Plus, you turkey. It is a lot of fun in there. Was having some fun, you know, with the data science team today. today uh, there's a great movies channel. There's a great music channel uh shout out to yancey we're talking about the new lingua ignota album that came out a couple days ago uh, gotta be excited for dune great movie coming out soon called lamb this, really is, this is all about. the selling points of course of pl plus but essentially you support <laughs> it you you really push us to create more things which we are working on yeah, yeah 
And, uh, you know, we can use every every bit of help that we can get doing that. I do also want to mention, you know, we have these videos of uh, that I do every morning. Oh, yeah. Tristan uh, McKenzie one. Yeah, Tristan McKenzie was today. You can check it out on YouTube.com slash Petrolist. But it's essentially just about five to ten minutes of me breaking down an ending. So you can really understand these guys more so than just the, the writing I have. I actually show you the video, show you how these pitches look, and also what all the approaches and the philosophies are of all these guys. So definitely go check that out. It's a really fun series. I've been doing them since May. So you can actually go back and really watch all these pictures. It's really fun. You did one of my favorites actually a couple of days ago, which is the what is a slinger? Looking at Logan Webb oh, yeah, and yeah. talking about slinging, yeah, and the web top of the ball, and getting, yeah, he's yep. the true uh, Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very. I, I really like that. I thought that was really mm. fun to watch because I, you know, as you're coming into baseball, for someone who didn't grow up playing like me, you don't know those terms. You get left behind with a lot of those terms, mm. and to see like actual breakdowns of what that means to get on top of the ball to be a slinger is incredibly helpful. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it, Fast. I liked it a lot. Um, <laughs> all right, so we're going to move into the top 100 now that you've been lambasted by those cowards at Reddit. I'm just kidding. We no, love you no, all. no, never. Yeah. <laughs> no one lambasted you either. It's just a funny sentence. Um, all right, so we're going to jump on in to, I- into the list. Uh, and there have been some shakeups. I mean, there is one tier in here that is just bloody murder. Well, I mean, yeah, well, that is the that is what that tier is. The bloody murder tier? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, great. Um, I, and I have to admit, I've, as I've been taking the notes and looking at these tiers, I've been thinking of... I, what I'm the just, names are? Yeah, because I'm just ready for you. I, wa- I want this maybe... <laughs> you're ready for me? Because I know like, you're going to give them? One, I, you've already done it once. You're like, what's this one called? Alex. Oh, so now you got to be ready. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, that's called anxiety, Nick. <laughs> that's what I'm medicated for. Don't you understand? Oh, no. I, but yeah, I, I forgot about this. Okay, yeah, right. Okay, okay so yeah. we're going to jump in where mm. there's been a little bit of a, you know, a, a fun mix-up uh, going blue, green, red here uh, in, the, in tier number one. So tier number one, I want to know what it's called and why it's called that. We're looking at Max Scherzer, Walker Bueller, Garrett Cole, Zach Wheeler, and Brandon Woodruff. Uh, I'm going to say it's the entourage. Because, like, everyone is just hanging out, and all of a sudden you look up, and there comes Max Scherzer, like, leading the pack. Like, <gasps> oh, he's the guy. It's Max Scherzer. He's the guy. And all of a sudden you see, like, wait, wait, is that Garrett Cole? And all of a sudden his hair flicks back as the light comes on. I'm like, hi, yes, I am. Yeah. I'm Garrett Cole. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's these five guys. So it could have just been five guys too. I know I've done that before. I've done that before. All right, fair enough. Um, So, (laughs) like you know, I I personally liked it last week where we didn't spend up too much time at the top because no one cares. You're starting Scherzer, Woodruff, and Cole. But I do want to know about your thought process about putting Cole third in his return. Sure. Well, okay. So Garrett Cole hasn't been at his peak uh, before the COVID, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, It's been a little odd how well, or sorry, how much he was struggling. Uh, three of his five starts previously had been at least three in runs, but one of them was seven before he even uh, went on the COVID IL, even though it came with a ton of strikeouts, and that went against the Rays. And Bueller has been just so, so good. I, I might surpri- it might surprise you to hear that he has a 204 ERA this year already. Like 154 innings in a 204 ERA is so unbelievably good. 0.92 whip as well, 27% strikeout rate. Now, the only major question we've had about Bueller is. Well, is he going to be shut down at all? We've always thought that the innings were capped more so versus Cole and Scherzer for Bueller because the Dodgers are the Dodgers and yeah. the Raiders and all that stuff. We've heard nothing about this. There can't be. You know, well, I mean, there can be if they are like if they have their position in the playoffs set. And maybe it's one or two starts that are slowed down yeah. for Bueller so that he's okay for the postseason. 
But yeah, maybe not. Maybe they just have to run it all the way through. Well, I think I, I just think about how many injuries they have. Uh, you know, they're dealing with a bunch of different situations, and then they're not in first place in that division. They probably don't want to play a wild card game because anything can happen in one single game. Sure, yeah. Although you know, everyone's looking forward to that Walker Bueller, Jake Arietta one game wild card it's between not, it's the not gonna Dodgers. It's going to be Arietta. It's going to be. Uh, it's going to be Walker Bueller, Luis Castillo. Luis, no, no. You think it's going to be the Reds? I mean, you think they're going to fall back, off? They're two and a half back behind the Padres right now. That would be a lot of fun. I did have them, I think, winning that division coming into the year. That would I would I would much rather watch that game. Uh, really? I mean, it will be Arietta, of course. Yeah, Darvish will be back by then. Yeah, you're right. I guess I, I don't know why and I said Tatis? that. You're right. You're wrong. I, I'm wrong. I don't know why I said that. I, I had a small <laughs> episode. I am wrong. This is true. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I just keep thinking of the name. Um, what is it? Nisbal Krismet. What's his name? Uh, Krismet, the guy who was one of the pitchers oh, yeah, for the uh, right, yeah, uh, the bullpen game today. Yeah, 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 for the Padres. Yeah. Um. So either way, to get back to the point, Bueller. Yeah, we we don't know if they can really afford to. There's uh, been nothing about it, and he's just been so good. And the fact that Cole hasn't been as steady as we like. All right, yeah, Bueller, you've deserved number two. That makes sense. And I believe Cole is going tonight, or is it tomorrow night? It is tonight against the Angels. Yes, it's yeah. a one game. Uh, one game series, and they play the Red Sox for doubleheader tomorrow. Oh, great! Yeah, I hope they are in New York for all this or no. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. Um, <laughs> let's move on. I forgot that point. I don't know if it's at Boston or versus Boston. For it has to be East Coast. There's no way they're doing LA and then a doubleheader the next day oh, in yeah, Boston. No way, that yeah. would be insane, yeah, crazy. Um, all right, let's move on to tier two. Then we're looking at Robbie Ray, Lancelin, Corbin Burns, Chris Sale, and Kevin Gaussman. Let's not. Well, first I need to know what it's called. Why it's called that? Oh, I, man, I I am blanking right now. Okay, Robbie Ray, Lancelin. Corbin Burns, Chris Sale, and Kevin Gaussman. Uh, mm-hmm. This is senior night. Okay. Okay, because we're all celebrating Chris Sale. And, like, he's, like, returned almost. He's, like, he's like the one, like, the senior that comes back because it's senior night. Like, you have all the new guys, like Corbin Burns and Gaussman and Landon Ray, who are all, like, oh, yeah, they're wonderful. And then all of a sudden you have Chris Sale that's, like, watching from the bleachers. Sure. That's just, like, yeah, guys. What you know? I know I'm I'm the legend here, but let's just all applaud you tonight. Very nice, very lovely. So you you were able to see Chris Hill, obviously up close and personal. Mm-hmm. Um, a little sidetrack here. What are you? You obviously don't have the same view sure, um, yeah. when you're there. Yeah. What are you looking at, if I, anything, when you're at the game? All I'm doing is I'm just yelling at him if he's like you know not turning to the right pitcher. So even though I know he doesn't actually do any of that, it's just a catcher. He's like never shakes off anyone. Yeah. I, I can't, you can't really. I mean, um, I'm someone who has my reference point of behind the pitcher just because that's how I've watched baseball a lot. Yeah. I know there are scouts that like, this is my reference point is actually behind home plate. Yeah. And I can't it. actually translate the other one. So for me at the game like that, I'm just having fun. I mean, really, I think the biggest thing was to see, okay, cool. He is actually exerting himself. Yeah. Sure. You remember that in 2019. In the uh, first, the beginning. Of- we can't forget this because this isn't documented like statistics are. But the yeah, 2019, we saw Chris Sale was pulling back on his mechanics. Extension was different, all that kind of stuff. But it was that was a man hurt who was yeah. saving energy as he threw. Yeah, that wasn't what I saw over the weekend. That's good. Um, were you able to watch? Did you do like watch the gift breakdown later and and see what I'm getting to oh, a yeah. point here? Okay, because yeah. I didn't want to throw you under the bus if you're like, no, I just watched it there. Because uh, I I was getting ready for, to officiate a wedding and I was like, and I didn't really want to talk to really? anyone. Really? Yeah, I didn't want to talk to anyone. So How'd I just go? sat. It went very well, thank you. But I I was just watching. What was the best joke you said? Um, what was the best I know joke? You had them. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I, I said something about how uh, the bride to be, 
um, is uh, has more than a passing interest in astrology, um, believing that there's a lot of unanticipated meanings in things. But I myself decided to stop smoking weed in college. Ayo. Very nice. Very, you know, wow. just like just t- it has to be real tame. You smoked weed in college. You know what's funny? I actually <laughs> didn't. I, I actually really didn't. Um, uh, so what I saw from sale things, I was watching, waiting to to officiate this wedding. The the fastball command didn't look like it was there yet. Yeah, no. Like it really didn't look like it was there yet at all. Obviously, and he wasn't throwing hard either. He really wasn't. Yeah, and it, it just looked like. T- I mean. I say this not to be like, uh, oh boy, what you need to be worried. I say this more to be like that line to me was not indicative of the actual performance that we saw. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I'm not saying it was even necessarily the Orioles because I think they're a better offense than people realize. But I just watched that and I was like, this. There's still a lot of rust, even with all those starts that we saw in the minors. There's still yeah. plenty of rust to kind of be worked out here. He's gonna be fine. I don't. Obviously, well, he was fine. Yeah. So the thing is, if it's Chris Sale being Chris Sale. He's probably right behind Cole. Yeah, he's yeah, or maybe I, yeah. even ahead of him at three. If it's like real vintage Chris Sale, right? so that's the thing. I mean, what you're talking about another dominant performance? Then he's probably. In I want to see two things. I want to see a higher CSW in the slider, okay? Because it wasn't over thirty percent, believe it or not. And he also he tried to do backdoor stuff, and it slid across the plate. Like mm-hmm. his command wasn't fully there. I also want to see a fastball that's averaging ninety five. You know, this was like yeah. 93 and change, right? Yeah. Not not the overpowering one, the guy that can touch 98, 99 or so. Uh, I remember that's really what I noticed the most. I saw like a 91 mile per hour sinker. I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, that's not that's not Chris Dale that we know. I wonder if those days are gone, though. It Maybe they are, but we'll, we'll see. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be fun to watch. It's definitely going to be fun to watch. I believe his next start is going to be against Texas. And if there is any team that you would like to be starting against right now, it is definitely going to be Texas. Um, so why don't we move on then to tier three, which is another little mini baby tier. Um, we're looking at Luis Castillo, excuse me, Lucas Giolito, who falls two outside of the top ten. Uh, Luis Castillo, Jack Flaherty, and Charlie Morton. What is it called and why is it called that? So I'm going to call this uh, Wizard of Oz. Because oh, Okay, who's who? Okay, right. So we have Jack Flaherty is the tin man. Okay. you got to get that oil because he's, he's rusty. Very nice. And he, he's got to go with it, right? Uh, Luis Castillo is is pretty much saying if only I had a heart of like uh, of you know his slider isn't quite right there there's a, there's like a piece missing of it. Um, Giolito is like uh, there's no place like home. Um, mm-hmm. He's trying to return Giolito's back Dorothy, to yep. the uh, the top ten, which which they're not there. And of course Charlie Morton is afraid to throw his cutter. So <laughs> so he's, he's the cowardly yeah, If he only had a brain. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's he's Carly Lyon, and then the only brain, I guess oh, the brain is Castillo. Is. I'm sorry, the heart, of course, Tim, man. I'm so yeah, sorry yeah, yeah. I butchered that. Yeah. But Castillo, I mean, he's a very smart man, don't get me wrong. But more of just like he doesn't have the full breadth of his repertoire always working. So why don't we go ahead and work our way down then, and we can start with Luis Castillo. I mean, eight earned runs against Cleveland. He obviously has that bounce back against Philly with just two earned runs, but he, he's still, I, I, you're what, that you're just counting that as the blip and it's probably not going to happen moving forward? Or? Yeah, so that was, okay, so Luis Castillo against the uh, against Cleveland mm-hmm. did not have fastball command. I mean, it was, ooh, it was not good. Uh, and the last start, changeup was looking great, the slider was looking great. I mean, this was, oh yeah, hey, what's up Castillo, that's fine. You're going to have days like that. Uh, I am going to imagine that, Castillo is okay now, and I didn't really feel that because he just showed that, no, no, I am actually really good 
as recently as his last start. It's like, all right, I'm going to just forget that last one. So then, you know, to play devil's advocate, Jack Flaherty right behind him, six innings pitched, no one runs, two hits, no walks, five Ks against Kansas City, threw 81 pitches in that start. Are you just thinking that there's, there could just as likely well be blips for, for Jack Flaherty moving forward as it, there could be Castillo? Yeah, it's too soon. Okay. Uh, it's too soon for Flaherty. His slider only had a 20% CSW, only three whiffs on 20 thrown. And for me to really feel like Jack Flaherty is back, I need to see that slider dominating. Back Flaherty. You know, back Flaherty. Back Flaherty. Yeah. There he is. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right. Let's take a look at what is a larger tier here. That was a little mini tier, but we're going to look at tier four, which is good googly moogly. We got some names. Lance McCullers, Frankie Montas, Freddie Peralta, Shohei Otani, Max Fried, Alec Manoa, Luis Garcia, Sandy Alcantara, Patrick Sandoval, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, and Shane McClanahan. What is it called, and why is it called that? Okay, so this is going to be a very nerdy reference. Okay. I'm going to call it the Hunters Association. Okay. Because this has this feeling, if you ever... <laughs> there's an anime called Hunter x Hunter. Okay. Okay? And at the very beginning of it, it's essentially all the great, I don't know, like uh, at people of the land mm-hmm. are competing, and whoever happens to survive moves on to the next one, but it's like 100 people, only like 10 or 15 survive. Okay. This is the group of like, they're all like, no, no, I'm dope. I'm going to be the dopest. I'm going to be the one that wins that thing. I'm going to get it. Okay. And only a couple of these are actually going to be able to advance to the next round. Fair enough. So I don't know how many of these are really going to be aces of the future. It feels like so many of them are. You know, Alec Manoa is certainly looking great. Max Reed has had that label before. It's Shohei Otani. Hey, what's up? Uh, Freddie Peralta is, hey, I'm, I should be one, but how much am I going to throw? You know, Frankie Montes is acting like one, right? All of these guys. But I don't know who's actually going to be a top 15 guy in 2022 or even for the next two months. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 definitely maddening. We're actually going to hit on that uh, a little bit later in this tier where I want to get your thoughts about, like, what are we even doing about this guy for next year? But, I, I you know. There's some interesting things that pop out for a lot of these guys. Lance McCullers, his BABIP has been really, really high in his last couple of starts. He even got a little single dot yesterday, even though it was a very nice start. With I think it was a uh, it just missed the quality start, five and two thirds. Well, his with, curveball, I think, had a 63% CSW, if I remember correctly. He had an overall 40% CSW yeah. on the day. Yeah, it was so crazy. It, it, it was a very, very good start. But, you know, he's had starts where he's given up four earned runs, but he's, mm-hmm. been, he's been a little singled out every once in a while. Freddie Peralta has the, I believe, second-best fastball yeah. by run value since not, not shocked the break. Not shocked. It, it's just Freddie Peralta, my you know, my shoulders are up, and I'm just like, all right, I'm doing the shrug emoji. Yeah, yeah. Of just, I've said it before, I'll say it again, the hardest thing that we do, I you know, performance, I think, is actually somewhat, okay, we can have some indications of it, but trying to predict innings and pitch counts are just, it's, yeah, it's maddening. yeah. And um, I, we know that the Brewers are going to do something. Yeah, especially as they lengthen that right? lead in, in the so I, Central. Honestly, if I thought that he was just pitching the rest of the way, Freddie Peralta would be inside the top 10. Wow, that's crazy. Right? He'd be he'd probably be right at 10 where Kevin Gaussman is. Kills me. Right? I mean, I don't think anyone would disagree with that. No, not at all. I'm just thinking literally back to my auction night where I just saved all my money at the end and just lost by a buck, and it just kills me. It, like I just kept going up on Freddie Peralta. I was going to do whatever it took, <laughs> and I didn't get him, and it and it, and it hurt me very much. Um, I'm very excited to tell you who has had the best fastball by run value since the All Star break. I'm not going to tell you now. I'm going to let you stew on it, and it's someone who's on this list. Alec Manoa. Uh, no, it's Ooh. not Alec Manoa. It, it it but it was a shock to me to be he had honest. 19 whiffs on his four seamers last start. Uh, he had 19 whiffs on his fastball. Yes, on his four seamer and his sinker. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah yes. Um, that's where I was getting tripped up yeah, before yeah, yeah, in the conversation yeah, 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 that we were yeah, having. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can actually pivot to him right now because Alec Manoa, top 20, rises 13, right? Like you said, 19 whiffs on that four-seamer overall. I believe it was or the, uh, on yeah, the fastball overall. Yeah, combined between sinkers and, and four-seamers. And then yeah. it was 90 four sinkers and fastballs overall. It was like 40, like 45 of each or maybe a, a, it, a it few was four ridiculous. seamers. It was, yeah. it was literally 90. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, and 114 thrown. So I, I believe earlier in the year, there was like, obviously the stuff, a lot of fun. Maybe there's still some command issues. Then he comes out and gets all those Ks. Looks really, really good. Obvi- like, it, does this mean that you're you're feeling a little bit better about the command moving forward? Well, it's, it's a question of... Look, the reason I was a little bit more hesitant before is because I really thought the changeup would be a necessity uh, for his three-pitch mix. And he showed it actually in the debut as like, yeah, this is a proper member of what I do. Sure. And it hasn't really at all since. It's just been fastballs and sliders. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's worked. And I think I'm at the point saying, all right, it's fine if that changeup isn't doing that thing, especially when you have between your you know sinker and four-seamer 19 whiffs. Great, yeah. You know that, that's fine. I'm I'm putting I was putting too much weight on that changeup before, so yeah, I'm leaning into it. I mean, he has the innings to go through the full year too, and that's an obvious plus. Yeah, uh, the Jays are going to be bat- battling all the way to the end, likely. Uh, this is exciting. So yeah, Manoa deserved more love. I like it. I love to see it. Uh, the next person I wanted to talk about in this tier was Jose Barrios, who rose four spots to 24. Well, was he the run value guy that I got wrong here? Nope. He is in a different tier. Different tier. He's in a different tier. Noted. Uh, yeah, Barrios is really just moving, I think, because we've removed a lot of guys. Okay. Um, I, I did some shifting. I, I felt also that uh, Barrios has done pretty well with the Jays. It's I'm calling him the flag moving forward because he's just perpetual undulation. Sure. Um, it, it's just unreal for me because he had his two starts that were really good for the Jays, and then all of a sudden, he, yeah, he had like what five earned runs, six earned runs, six earned runs. His yeah. last start, he's like, okay, cool. I need to get closer. What, I think it's three fifty-five ERA right now, mm. and every year, Brios needs to be somewhere between a three-six and a three-nine. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy. I've been doing this shtick for like two months now yeah, yeah. about like he's going to end up here. And then I hear, no, no, I think he's going on that stretch now. He's going to be like a 3-3. I'm like, just you wait. The flag always flaps. <laughs> it's it's wild. So he's at 355 now. But, yeah, you know what? I like that consistency right now. He also has a strikeout rate that's, I think, the highest of his career at the moment. Yep. And he's playing for a better ball club in the Jays. That offense is so good. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. I'm in. Yeah. I, and I think a lot of people are going to read this who are going to be frustrated by him rising. need to remember, too, that, like, Always looking ahead, never looking in the past. Yeah, and right? it's, all, it's also the fact that he needed to lower Aaron Nola, who is not as consistent at the moment. Yeah. Um, his fastball command is just a little off at the, at the moment, and the changeup isn't really supporting. The curve is still great. It's just you got to have more than that. And Joe Musgrove did not have a slider last start. What? Which is, yeah, of all pitches. That's like the pitch. Yeah. You know, that, that wasn't good at all, and it really, really hurt him. Also, Sean Manaya had to fall a lot, which we'll talk about in a moment. But because of all of that stuff, Barrios came up higher. I'm trying to remember who the the, uh, the Padres pitching coach is. Oh, who is their pitching coach now? No yeah, idea. It, it's uh, it's isn't it? It's because it's the guy for the Yankees. It's Larry Rothschild. Oh, is it? Yeah, I'm oh, pretty. Wow. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Yeah, it is. Because wasn't he the Yankees pitching coach for a he really was, really long yes. time? And then I remember when he moved, I was like, I don't know about that. And now mm. here I am, just being like, I don't know about that. Because really, overall, you have to say that the Padres pitching 
has probably been a disappointment. Oh my God. Remember at the beginning of the year, we're like, oh yeah, Dodgers versus Padres pitching staff. Nowadays, it's like, oh, you have Darvish that's hurt. You have Paddock that's hurt. You have, uh, and yeah, at least you, Darvish you was too. Yeah, but it's, it's Snell. We, we don't know what we're going to get. Yeah. It's Musgrove who just did this. They have a TBD in there. Uh, <laughs> we still have, that's now being filled by Arietta. We still haven't yeah. seen Mackenzie Gore because he's been Ryan ineffective Weathers in the minors. Through. I mean, it's, we have, um, uh, what's his name? Morehan. Uh, yeah. Failing, it's just there's a lot. So it's injuries and ineffectiveness. Yeah. But like this, it's just I, yeah, it's you something I've been. You mentioned Gore too. It's crazy. Yeah, it's something I've been thinking about a lot about like trying to assess organizational abilities to bring pitchers up. Like mm. and it's it's just. I mean, other side was the Giants who are winning the division. Yeah, but they haven't had the injuries though. I will say this. No, definitely. And and yeah, to be fair, the Padres have definitely dealt with their fair share of injuries. But even the ones who are not Snell, just ineffective. Right. Like, like Paddock. Paddock. Yeah, just ineffective. Right. It's really interesting to think mm. about. Um, okay. Uh, uh, there was another person that I wanted to talk about in this tier. Yes, there he is. Um, that's Chris Bassett, right? So the Ks just kind of just keep coming for Chris Bassett. He, he would add an even better line in his last start against Cleveland, theoretically, if they weren't already walloping. Or, or yeah, if they weren't walloping them. It was like 17 nothing was the final score of that game. He was removed after six innings, just 81 pitches thrown with six Ks. Since the All-Star break, 2.25 ERA with a 9.7 whip and a 28% K rate. The ratios don't shock me as much as the 28% K rate does. I don't really care about moving forward. I'm really interested in, like, what happens to Chris Bassett next year? Yeah, right. What, is he, where does he get drafted next Everyone's going to, well, okay, so right now it's like a 3 ERA and, and a 1 and change whip and stuff. It's great. Mm. Now he gets the gauntlet. Now is the real test for Chris Bassett. And I know I raised him right before the gauntlet, but I was also kind of like, you know what? The man deserves it, and I don't really care. I feel like if you have Chris Bassett in his 103 whip and 25% K rate across 150 innings, you're like, I don't care that he's going to get the White Sox or the Giants or the Yankees or the Jays across his next four starts. Who are they? The Giants, the White Sox, Uh, The the White Sox, Giants, Yankees, Jays in that order. Mm. That's rough. Yeah, That That is not, I mean, I'm not saying he can't, excel against them but you also have to keep in mind his last couple starts i mean my god the last six so this is all-star break really since july 11th at texas against cleveland at seattle against the angels and the angels actually have fallen back down to earth offensively no pun intended against the yeah none intended actually Mm -hmm. believe it or not uh rangers and then cleveland Mm. like that's an easy okay here you go on a platter and he didn't actually excel in all of those yeah he struggled against the um and then against the astros before that um because if you know any statistics anytime they say in the last six it means the seventh is a bad one (laughs) yeah uh the astros six runs in houston it's it makes you think like maybe it was scheduled a little bit i'm not saying that bassett is a bad pitcher i'm not saying he can't actually do this i do wonder if it will adjust how we feel about 2022 after this four game stretch that is a great point. I would love to see that. And maybe that is what kind of, maybe that's why we're supposed to look at full season sample sizes yeah, as right. opposed to, uh, so that that's that's a really great point because at this moment, Chris Bassett is going to be drafted pretty high oh, yeah. next year. And then he has a 31% CSW across his fastballs, which is great, but it's 21% uh, on called strikes. The There's nothing that's really this major swing strike rate pitch for him. It's a 12, 11.7%, 12% yeah. for swing strike. It's a 30% CSW. It's all just like, this is good. It's relying on like a 270 Babbitt. It's like, yeah, but I don't really love the repertoire so much. And I mean, th- this is one of those conversations that I am always, uh, I, I'm, 
I struggle the most, I think, these days of understanding weak contact and believing in guys that can do that and consistently have success because of it, right? Okay. It's like the Kyle Hendricks thing. Sure, just, yeah. We, we just kind of accept at this point that Kyle Hendricks is going to be able to do that, and that's life. Have we reached that point with Chris Bassett yet? I don't know. Yeah. The reason I, 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 I might be a little bit skeptical about that as I look this up to try and verify, wasn't his sinker the best CSW pitch in baseball last year? I think so. At the very least, the highest called strike one. Yeah, I, I think it was. I'm trying to get down here real quick. It was up there. Yeah, it was up there. And so maybe maybe that is it. Maybe we just kind of, you know, because he kind of could have teetered in really any direction at that point. Now that he's got a pitch that he's capable of getting a little bit more swing and miss on, maybe that was all he really needed. It's possible. No, I, it, was, it, was the, it was the fifth. Yeah, sorry. I think it was the best pitch by called strikes, and it was... Uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, five. Uh, either way, like you said, it doesn't right. matter. There are times when the breakers do step up between the slider and curveball. He combines them for 15% of the time, and they do have around a 20% swing strike rate. So there are moments when those show up. Sure. There are days when it's just the sinker, and then it's not good. Mm. And that, I, I'm very curious what happens in these next four starts. But hey, Bassett has done this, and I'm saying fine, guys. I get it. Here he is. He's inside the top 30 now. He's acted as an ace thus far. Let's see how he does. He's going to get the AGA label. I'm actually being more selective than I used to be about the AGA label. So, taking a step back. The Sandy Alcantara rule? Ah, yep. Sandy Alcantara rule. Let's move on to (laughs) Tier 5, then. Uh, We're looking at Aaron Nola, Joe Musgrove, both of which you've already hinted on uh, with inconsistency and losing that slider, which was bizarre. Then Alex Wood, Manaya, and Tyler Molly. Before we move on to Manaya's Icarusian-like fall, Mm. why, uh, what is it called, and why is it called that? Oh, no. Every week I got to come up with these. I know, it's All right, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my phone a friend and say fast. What is it called? Uh, the Icarus. No, well, they're all fallen. No, they're not. Some of them. <laughs> um, what is it called? What is it called? That Nola Musgrove. Oh, okay, so it's just so you guys know, a fast was preparing beforehand. I had another one. Did, I, you, I, you had a different tier. You yeah. didn't have this one. Yeah. Okay, fine, fine. I'll I'll, I'll come in here. I had another one. It's like a such a whiny thing to say. Like, no, it wasn't this one, Nick. <laughs> Don't come to me for this one. I, it's fun. It's funny because like it's as if you're stalling for me, but I can't focus on it now because it's hilarious what you're saying. I'm going to say this is the Sigur Ross tier because of my shirt. Well, it's a wonderful shirt. First of all, I thought they were kidneys at first, and then I realized they're not. <laughs> but yeah, give me the shirt with the uh, with the kidneys. Yeah, on you're it. like okay, I get it. I have two kidneys too fast. <laughs> no, it's the parentheses album. No, it's more of that. Like those that know of these of this band know how good it is. But a lot of people just don't know. And Sean Mania, they didn't realize how good he was. Alex Wood, not really understanding how good he was. Uh, Joe Musgrove and Tyler Molly, they're kind of not really the biggest names. Sure. While there go, oh, there's that one guy who goes, oh, yeah, I love this one random album. You're like, no, 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 Aaron Nola isn't actually that good right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's not the good. That's, that's, right that's very well done. That's very well done. That's, ooh, whew, yeah, totally. Very I, well done. <laughs> I think that uh, I was going to go through all their like albums and say which one's which. Um, but Sean Manaya, we'll, we'll start with him, and we'll say he's just more of their recent work. Who, who? Oh yeah, they've really, fallen. Yeah, there it yeah, is. Yeah, which I don't really <laughs> dig quite as much. Um, so that, that's that's quite a considerable fall. Oh yeah. So it's the last three starts, and in uh, the way that uh, I, I elevated Manaya is just because oh hey he's throwing ninety two ninety three now, mm-hmm. and because of that he has good command on it, so that's setting up this changeup and breaking ball that. Are both succeeding because of that. In the last three starts, Manaya has lowered his fastball velocity. We're down to 91 now. Now it is it did slightly go back up to 91.6. It's 
it's not quite the 92 93 but it was a, a slight improvement from the last one so which is why he's not all the way down like 50 or something like that he's at 30 yeah there's still a sign like sure it's three starts that's the rule but it could recover but the other stuff hasn't been there either you know change up slider did not save him in those starts and it's just it's a little like i we knew maybe that Jean I didn't actually you know he wasn't a robbie ray mm. But uh, there's also the concern that Manaya hasn't thrown 170 innings. And he's getting up there now. He's past 130. And there might be some fatigue going on here because he, yeah, you know, he hasn't been injured. I, maybe he actually missed like one start I think or he something. Missed, yeah. But it, he hasn't had that significant injury. He might be tiring out at this point. And he gets the Giants next. And not fun. Yeah, not I mean, fun. The Giants are so good now. Now? We get all year. No, I know. But it's it's. I think we all were like, okay, they're doing well now. But then... But like we don't expect this to last. Yeah, it's what's like his now name? I'm saying like now it's like no no now they are now. <laughs> now they are now. What's what's the guy's name? You know uh, Dallas mean? Dallas Braden had a had a tweet that I saw yesterday from Freezing Cold Takes that they retweeted that was like mark my words like the Giants will not be in first place come August fifteenth well, yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Uh, freezing Cold Takes. <sighs> it makes me laugh. You gotta have fun. I with know. It. I know. I was, I was I was retweeted by them once. Oh, I'm sure I was. I it, I don't know. It's a, it's a representation of this, like, let's all just dunk breed, on people. Yeah, let's all breed negativity. Yeah, you know? I get that. You're right. Yeah, I, you're right. I'm At sorry. its core. I'm sorry, guys, to be a Debbie Downer like that. But no, it's I like, hear what you're saying. You know, what's, what's the, it just, you're just going to hold people back from actually having good expression, you know? Some people do need to be held back, but yes, you, yeah. that, that is very true. I I'm hear sorry. where you're coming from with that. Well, great on that note. Um, <laughs> why don't we move into tier six, which is a, a, a plenty I, of risers. I'm great at parties. I swear. Yeah, exactly. I swear. That is what I do like that SNL skit, that Debbie Downer skit. <laughs> um, uh, Adam Wainwright, Logan Webb, Kenta Maeda, Herman Marquez, Framber Valdez, Oscar Inoa returns at 37, Dylan Cease, Nathan Ivaldi, and Tanner Houck at 40. It's really funny how every single time I just want to do a diner reference. Oh, it's, I'm, it I'm maybe not. has been one of my favorite parts about doing this. <laughs> I'm going to say this is, um, this is, oh no, that's too insulting. Kate Case. I want, they're better. <laughs> Kate Guy with the newspaper. Well, I mean, what this is, it, it, this is like the, uh, the town, the town diner. This is what it is, that tier. Oh, this is the, di- this yes. is Joe's diner yeah. to begin with. Yes. Okay. Because it's like you go through and you need to get some food. And you see that, and you say, "This is acceptable." Oh, like, I see. What I you're need. Saying. I need a meal. Yeah, no, this is not going to be the five star Michelin restaurant or whatever. You and I have very different views on diners. I love diners. Okay, great. Then we, you and I have very similar yeah, yeah. views. on I, diners. I love them, but I understand the idea. It's just like, cool. We need something that will work, and this works. I like that too. And I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save you even more. And I'm gonna say that at a diner, you look at a menu. Sometimes There's you're like, a lot of things. You're like, they got this. <laughs> why, why do they have? Like a complete cake. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's like, why do they have like borscht and chicken parmesan? Like, wait, wait, does wait. it make any I sense? Had a, there, there was a time I was, uh, out with my friends or whatever. One of my friends got a little bit drunk mm-hmm. and like we go to a diner at like 11 o'clock or so. And he's looking at the, at the diner. It has everything. Of course, it's like a diner. She's yeah. like, what do you want, kiddo? And yeah. he goes, What's the fish of the day? And we go, do not get, get the, the fish, fish yeah, of the day. Gross. Do not. She's like, you want the fish of the day? Yeah. And we're like, please don't get the fish of the day. He's like, but I want the fish. Of the- don't get the fish of the day. You didn't get the fish of the day. You Thank just got God. Oof, we it's just not like, the fish of the day. It's the fish oh. of last week. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> right. So what? Wh- who is that here, Fast? Who is the one that's not supposed to be here? No, 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 no. 
no, it's not about they're not supposed to be there. It's about the fact that you're like, Surprise. I can't believe they have this intense of a sure, selection. Yeah, right. Okay. You know what I mean? There's a big difference between you know Logan Webb and Herman Marquez and Adam Wainwright and Tanner Houck are on opposite ends of a spectrum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that is pretty funny actually. Yeah. So there you go. So uh, why don't we go ahead and well we'll come back to the others in a second, but we've already transitioned. So I want to talk about Tanner Houck, who appears mm. in the top forty. We'll go back up in a second. It's no secret that that slider is a really plus pitch for so him. So good. Right? The results are definitely there for him, but he really is. A two-pitch pitcher, right? I oh, mean, yeah. he's four-seam. He's got a sinker, but he's really just kind of four-seam slider. You know, Sarah said a great tweet about him a couple of days ago, calling him just a capital D dude. But that slider, 140 stuff plus on that four-seamer, uh, on the slider, excuse me, the fifth best uh, among starting pitchers, I believe. It's a really elite combination. But, I mean, is he like another guy on this list right above him in Waskari Noah who's just elite four-seam slider and we're just going to roll with it? Is there another step there if that splitter comes along? What do you kind of anticipate? Yeah, that's here? that's a really good point. I I want to mention that he's at forty right now, which sounds what mm-hmm. like Tanner Houck. Like he hasn't even like gone that deep into games. You know, he's he has one start of five innings, and that was the last one of eighty nine pitches. He hasn't done more than that. the uh, The list right now, I think, has about twenty or fifteen to twenty guys that would be inside like the top forty that aren't here right now. Yeah. Of like this is the most injured season we've had. Like it, that's a that's a fact. Yeah, and it, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, if you want to list some of this off, it, Degrom, Pablo Lopez, Darvish, Rodon, Urias, Trevor Rogers, Savali, Lamette, Ian Anderson, Zach Eflin, Clayton Kershaw, Noah Syndergaard, Luis Severino, Corey Kluber, Spencer Turnbull, Steven Strasburg, Shane Bieber, Chris Paddock, and it goes on and it, on. It, it and just on. keeps going. It's insane. So, Hauk is there because I I think once you realize uh, as this keeps going. That the the talent that you can trust in is very is much thinner than we'd want it to be, mm-hmm. and Hauk to me is someone that if you have him on your roster, you're actually going to ride this to the end. Yeah, his strikeout ability is fantastic. I mean, I don't think he really needs to do more than eight strikeouts in five innings, seven and four, you know, eight and four and two thirds, and that was against the Yankees and the Jays and the Rays. Like these are it's not like gimmies that he had this. That slider is as you mentioned an elite pitch, and he throws it over a third of the time. We saw Oscar Noah have an amazing ride yep. just going fastball slider. We've seen Dennis yeah. Lamette do that. We've seen Peralta be a two-pitch guy. The idea of a two-pitch pitcher is really just about the the depth and when something isn't there. But Hauk has shown that that slider is going to be there. Yeah. And that is a, is a very wonderful thing. Not to mention, the four-seamer isn't a bad pitch no, either. No, no, no. 94 miles per hour. It's a 237 batting average allowed thus far. 28% CSW. It gets a strike 70% of the time. Which is great because then that sets up that amazing slider to put them away. Yeah, and I know there is you know there's more things there is some concern of is that command as good as it going to be? Is it going to be able to be efficient enough? Because 89 pitches for five innings is not ideal. No, but I think this is a development thing that he's just, like he will improve as you keep going. He's playing for a winning ball club. He has a good offense behind him, good defense too. This uh, this should be in your benefit to have him. And the way I was setting this up with the list, I put him at the very purposely at the very bottom of this. He was originally actually all the way down around 51, but how I have it set up is tier seven and tier eight are two very distinct tiers. Um, and that's uh, tier seven is your your Spider-Man tier, uh-huh. where those are not strikeout upside guys. Those are just like just get it done. Sure, there it is. And um, that's your uh, Sunday crossword, by the way. That's what that one's called. Okay. It's like, yep, I am just there. I don't care how exciting this is. I want to. You already, you already named it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I, just, I am now, right okay, now. Great. Sunday crossword. Sunday tier crossword. Six, and tier then, seven. And then you have tier eight, which is the shining, because it's all... It's all red. It's all red. But we've used that one before. We have not done the shining. I, I think I, when I intro all red tears, I say it looks like the shining. I'll let you, I'll, you've never said it, so I'll let you take it. But you really want to burn it now? No. Okay. 
So we'll I need talk about one. what that name is later. Okay, I'll give you a little bit um, more But essentially, that. that is a very specific thing, too. So I needed to put either Hauk above it or below it. And the way I see it is that, you know what, I'd rather go and chase Tanner Hauk really you know, pushing the needle over the, the Spider-Man tier, and that's why he's at 40. And the thing, too, is like uh, calling someone a two-pitch pitcher, there's a lot of nuance there, right? Dinelson the Met is effectively a two-pitch pitcher in some way, and he can have success. There are other pitchers who are not two-pitch pitchers who can have success, or there are two-pitch pitchers who won't have success. So there is no rule of like, oh, he just has two pitches, he's not going to succeed. The best start that Blake Snell had all year was two a two-pitch pitch start. Robbie Ray is doing this. Yeah. The um, I've always said the three things that pitchers need is a fastball they can actually get strikes with effectively in some way. Right. Then you need a secondary pitch you can throw for strikes and a secondary pitch you can get whiffs with. And if it's both? Exactly. You might be surprised to hear that Hauk's slider has a higher called strike rate than it does a swing strike rate. That is very interesting and very effective because that means if he's behind on the count, too, he doesn't necessarily need to rely on that four seamer. Exactly. I will say that at Fenway, I would like to hear... um, like, you know, when the uh, crowd getting excited when it's two strikes that yeah, that I'd like to hear. But you know how when Matthew Boyd gets a strikeout, they say, yeah, Boyd. Do they actually? Yeah, that's what comes over the PA. No way. Are you making that up? right No, now? seriously. Every time he has a strikeout, it goes, yeah, boy. I'm so happy. Yeah, that's great. Now, have I never been told Tanner Houck, it needs to be this great 1977 horror film called House. And every once in a while, there's this random thing that goes, house. And I really want that to happen every time you go, Houck. <laughs> anyway, we're going to move on up to another two-pitch pitcher who's had a yes! lot of success. Yes! <laughs> I'll see if I can find Put yourself this. out there fast. Yeah, I love it. I, I love that movie. I saw that in IFC Center. I, I'm just sitting there going, what is this movie, man? That movie is wild. Very what? fun, though. Oh, 1977 Japanese. So it's there. The cinematography in that is absolutely bananas. You know, speaking of bad movies, hmm. I assume. I don't actually no, know. very good movie, but go on. Great movie, yeah. yeah. I'm, I have my annual uh, uh, the screening room. of The Room. When is that? I think it's next Friday. I will be there. Yeah? No. Um, How could you do that to me? You do that to me all the time. How could you? All the time. (laughs) There was a moment. There was a moment. You just believed. I saw it in your eyes. (laughs) That that stung, man. And then taking it away felt great. I put it in my little drawer at night. As much as Alcantara in Coors. Oh, yeah. And then the Dodgers. Listen, I got plenty of of Alcantara. Uh, We're going to move back up in the top of this tier. We're going to stay here for a second and talk about another guy who uh, uh, a good amount of success with two pitches that we hinted at a little bit. That's Waskari Noah, who appears at 37. He's going to return against Miami. Miami actually, listen, not great against right-handed hitters, but 19th best Woba against right-handed hitters since the All-Star break. So not terrible, but still ill. What are you laughing about over there? I can't get over how you say Miami. (laughs) <laughs> for years. I, I, every for every year. time. Nick, Nick, for years. <laughs> for years we've done that. I know. He's still, I forgot. I, I don't even know. It doesn't sound any different Miami. to me. Oh, Yvay. Miami. Are you, are you still going to start him against the Marlins? <laughs> yes, of course. It's the Marlins. The Marlins are really, really bad unless you're Ryan Weathers. It's just not. Waskari uh, Noah, I'll put it two ways. Either he has his 97-mile-per-hour fastball and... His slider commander, he doesn't, right? And I'm going to wager that he has at least one of those, uh, and he does well against the Marlins. I mean, he's up to 82 pitches in his last rehab start, so don't worry about that. And by the way, I do want to make a note of, you guys know the phrase still ill, which mm-hmm. I say a lot, like, okay, you don't start a pitcher on his first start back from the IL. That originated when we had less information. So we didn't know pitch counts. We didn't know oh. where they were at. We didn't have any as many reports on their rehab stuff. We didn't have as many managers telling us what was going on. So it made it much more of a, just a massive shrug. We have no idea. Yeah. Knowing that Waskari Noah is this stretched out, that changes so much about it. We know that he's going to be able to go at least five innings now. 
right? That's that's a huge, huge difference. Sure. So it still it hasn't been applied as much for cis stuff like that this year. And I will say it does matter that it is the Marlins and not like I don't know the, the, uh, Red the Sox Phillies or, or whatever. Yeah. yeah. And if it was the Phillies, I actually might even say like maybe just be conservative and wait for that slider. But eh, whatever. It's it's the Marlins. You should be fine. Okay. Uh, let's look at that next tier, which you've already named the Sunday crossword yes. tier. And that's Wade Miley, Anthony Discofani, Jameson Tyone, Hyunjin Ryu, Zach Greinke. I, I will say that we still have not yet come to the best four-seamer since the All-Star break, but Jameson Tyone was on the top ten. Oh, yeah. Well, that's it's just performed super well. Yeah, it has. Anthony <laughs> Dis- to say. What a great analysis, Nick. That's all right. We don't, they're not all gems. <laughs> Anthony Discofani uh, returns at 42, so talk yeah. about that and the placement here in this tier. Yes. He already broke down the tier. Right. So he went against Rocky road and he did fine five innings two and runs five hits four k's two walks against the rocky road in his return from the il which i didn't think actually was a still ill because of the rockies on the road which you just want to start against but uh, he didn't have a slider going two whiffs on 24 throwing sorry 26 thrown mm. that's not the tony disco that we love yeah. and he wasn't really excelling before and it was against the uh, the diamondbacks he led four and runs but then again he was they were saying he was hurt I feel like he should be fine. I mean, the rule of thumb this year for Descofani has been if it's not the Dodgers, it's fine. And yeah, then he got injured. Okay, he's not injured anymore. Sure. You should be able to start him moving forward. If he has a bad performance, it should be called Tony Disco Stew. Sure. Right? Yeah, we're going to stew on it. And also, of course, Simpsons. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a thread last week about the favorite Simpsons jokes, and I have not laughed that hard. Is that right? In quite some time. Your favorite might be what? A buck! Yeah. Oh, I mean, I do love that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, oh man, there, there are so many. There's a, uh, there is in the last exit of Springfield. Okay, <laughs> yeah. this is the episode when um the the unionized workers of the power plant. Yeah. I uh, they uh, they they plan they're gonna shut down the entire thing. Smithers and Burns go through these like series of doors that are like okay eye scans and like sure. face and everything all these metal doors all that stuff. <laughs> then it ends and it goes to this little shack. Okay. With like a screen door that's broken as Mr. Burns kicks out a stray dog to push the button. <laughs> okay. It's amazing. It's, 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 I, I, oh, I love it so much. That is very good. That's why I got what's, yeah, okay. I think I have two quick ones. Yeah. One is when in the Shelbyville episode where, um, there's like their doppelgangers like walking down the street, right? Mm-hmm. When the Shelbyville, they steal their lemons or whatever. Oh, yeah. They make a new tree. Yeah. Helen of Troy. Oh, yeah. A lemon of Troy. Lemon I'm of sorry. Troy. Yeah. And Shake harder, boy. That's up <laughs> yes, there, Yes, exactly. Oh, yeah. There's a kid who walks by and he says uh, radical and Milhouse uh, hears him say radical and he gets so upset that he says that. And then you see him shake and he goes, I feel like I'm going to explode. <laughs> and you see what's his name? Ned's son just slowly back away because he's so terrified. <laughs> that and Homer Simpson going into the, the quickie mart and saying, Apu, do you have any of that beer with Skittles floating in it? You know, Skittle brow. And Apu's like, I think you dreamt you dreamt that. And he's like, all right, just give me a six pack of some Skittles. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love that. Yeah, I would do I would do a Simpsons podcast with you. It'd be oh, a great time. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yeah. I hope you enjoyed that mm. brief oh, yeah, uh, interlude about the Simpsons. Did I edit it out? Who knows? No, no. <laughs> come on. People can just skip forward not. about the Simpsons. But we can move on into tier eight, which is Yusei Kikuchi, Zach Gallon, Carlos Carrasco, John Means, and Sonny Gray. All some pretty significant followers. That's talking negative 5, negative 11, negative 13, negative 12, negative 10. Detention? What's going on here? Uh, I'm going to call it the Sabbath tier. The Sabbath, Sabbath tier. Bloody Sabbath. They, oh, the Bloody Sabbath. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's a that's a song. I'm pretty sure. Sunday Bloody Sunday is what well, I know. Thinking. There's that, but they had a Sabbath one too, I think. Um, I had bloody in it. Mm, okay, I don't, don't want to spend not. too much time talking about you too. Yeah. 
Well, I don't want to talk about you too. <laughs> oh, good God. Yeah, I'm so sorry. Anyway, look, this is the this is the tier where there are five five players who we all think should be better than they have been. Yeah, man. Right. It, you yeah. see, Kikuchi also has a, a, the three of his next four stars. Same with Logan Gilbert are against the Astros. Oh boy. Yeah, very very tough to deal with that. You have Zach Gallen, who's actually doing well with his four seamer, but his secondary stuff not really. And working. he was doing fine until I think it was that fifth inning. Yesterday. Well, yeah, he had two home runs against uh, Tatis. sorry to Tatis, and then a two run shot from Cronenworth, and three of those runs were in the fifth inning. Uh, you have Carlos Carrasco, who just can't find his slider changeup form yet. Oof. Um, more so the changeup than the slider. John Means, I'm a, I'm scared because the velocity dropped the tick. Uh, and I thought that's a significant tick. Remember, we got excited last year. It was 93, 94 consistently. Yeah. Then he's kind of settled into like 92.8 or whatever. This was like 91.5. Okay, that's not good. Because I was going to say when it dropped last year, he improved his fastball right. performance, but it was still above but that. But that was like going from like 94, 95 to so 93, 94. Yeah. So, yeah, and this is 91 and change. I'm like, ah, that's mm-hmm. not so great. We yeah. did, I did see him throw long toss, though, and during the tour of Fenway. I thought that was cool. It's cool. Um, and then Sonny Gray, it, uh, he just really hasn't had his curveball and slider for a bit. Yeah, it's just that simple. Um, he had a he had a decent start with just his fastballs recently, and that didn't seem right because if you see Sunny Gray only succeed with fastballs, you know that ain't gonna last because mm-hmm. Sunny Gray's fastballs are not the ticket to success. Okay, uh, let's move on to another. There's another tiny tier here in tier nine. So this one you weren't able to come up with a name for, but this we were just talking about. Uh, Tanner Hawk. Oh no, no, no! It was those tiers. But this, yeah, you, we were, were talking, good here. Yeah, you're right. My, my apologies. Yeah. I, got, I got a little lost because a lot of lot of little mini tiers here. I know. Um, tier nine: John Gray, Josiah Gray, Blake Snell, and Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, if you notice, Sunny Gray, John Gray, and Josiah Gray all back to back to back. <laughs> How did you not? Well, I, put that I, tier I think there. Which was cheering for it, and then essentially once I moved Tanner Hawk out of this to go up there, they all cheered, and oh, I was like, all right, this funny. is worth it. And it, I this still. You know, I still believe it. I yeah. still feel like I did a good ranking. It's just, that was a funny thing. I was like, all right, fine. I think I can make that work. Uh, what is this called? This is the uh, 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 go forth and prosper tier. Okay. Right? This is this is the the, the symbol of hope. The uh, I want to say like the, uh, what's that? What's the name of like Bioshock's art design? You know what I mean? Like Deco? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, whatever. Art the, Deco? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the tier because it's you can have a wonderful family here. <laughs> you know that is what this tier is because you have Eduardo Rodriguez throwing four seamers that are actually well commanded. Just hopefully that changeup catches up to where it needs to be. You have Blake Snell that had 25 whiffs in seven innings when he was throwing fastball slider. Then for whatever reason introduced a curveball last time and it wasn't all that sharp. But hopefully he can get back to them. There's something tangible. You have Josiah Gray who actually has a really nice schedule the rest of the way, even though he's part of the Nationals. It's all like middling offenses. Mm. And Josiah Gray has been really good with that curveball. It's been crazy, crazy good. And John Gray is still at 95, 96 and not 94. And yeah, that's kind of cool. So we have now passed the tier with this one included where the top fastball has been. Ah. So it has been in this top 54. Who has had the best fastball by run value, which is not predictive. It's more descriptive. Oh, it's Eduardo Rodriguez. It is not Eduardo Rodriguez. <sighs> Last guess. Best fastball in baseball by run value since, since- the All-Star break. Is it Josiah Gray? It is Blake Snell. Was oh, it really? It's Blake Snell. Josiah Gray was eleven. Blake Snell, and and, and I think it was a pretty significant margin up there. It was like mm. a near like a negative seven, a really significant run value for him uh, on that four seamer. Is that kind of shocking? Uh, not too shocking because he has thrown so many of them, mm. uh, and that is an accumulative stat if I remember correctly. Yep. Uh, but I mean that's a good sign. He just 
Blake Snell will have the most success when he just throws. He does the if he does the Robbie Ray. <laughs> I know it's a Blake Snell blueprint, but he <laughs> needs to do the Robbie Ray blueprint. Four seam sliders. You know, it, it just needs to be four seamers at the top of the zone or like the top third of the zone. Just sure. like here it is. Don't be terrified if it's the heart of the plate every so often, and then throw sliders underneath it, and that's it. Yeah, just do that. And you did that that one start. You had twenty five whiffs in seven innings, and it was so amazing. Yeah. Um, Erod, it feels very much like a, he can't keep getting away with this because it feels like he's priming up for that thing that gets him highly drafted the next yeah. year, which is a dominant end of the year. So at the beginning of the year, the splits, uh, 89 two-thirds innings pitched in the first half with a 5.52 ERA, and in the second half, 26 and a third inning with a 3.08 ERA. We talked about Mr. Consistency already uh, and who you thought was Jose Barrios. Erod is the exact same way, right? Every year it's like the same swinging strike rate. It's the exact same ERA, and he had the 4.97 ERA now, I don't think he's going to get it to 3.81, but it no. seems like he's going to keep driving he, it down. He's in that he, groove. Well, he is, yeah. The fastball command is really good. Mm. I mean, that's the thing. If he can get the those cutters or sliders, it, it's funny they separate them, but they're really the same pitch. He's just trying to find a pitch to get it called strike, and that can work with his cutter and slider. If he's doing that consistently, that's great. Just about, is the change of going to do enough uh, to really silence or keep batters honest? That's it. Yeah, that's all I got. What, that, I thought that was a good conclusion. No, that was really know. good. I was daydreaming for a second. What were you thinking of? Just Erod. You know what? What's what you thinking about? What you thinking about? <laughs> thinking about tier ten with James Caprillion, Taiwan Walker, Tarek Skubal, Zach Plezak, Tristan McKenzie, Jordan Montgomery, Kyle Hendricks, and Marcus Stroman. This is the uh, um, the the tumbling rocks because we're getting close to the cliff. Mm. This is where you're kicking them over. You're like, okay, are we, is this a uh, What's around the corner here? Because it's getting a little bit rougher. You have James Caprillion who Caprillion, help me. Uh, Caprillion, Caprillion. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have James who uh, <laughs> James and the giant last name who just hasn't like he had this amazing run that has made his numbers amazing, mm-hmm. but it doesn't. He, he struggles against the Rangers for whatever reason. It's kind of crazy. To yeah, me. that's a little weird. I uh, and I hope that it changes, but it's going to be a rough uh, go of it uh, the rest of the way. You have Taiwan Walker, who actually increases fastball velocity last time. I had a oh. splitter too, but we're talking like ninety-five and change. And I got excited at the beginning of the year and said ninety-three, something ninety-four. And last start was ninety-five, which he really needed because he was going on downturn. Mm. And this could be some sign of life, but the Mets have a have a really tough two weeks ahead. And then they have yep. a much easier two weeks after. Yeah. But this next two weeks, same with McGill, same with Stroman, it's going to be tough to endure. Giants and then Dodgers are in there. And then Giants and then Dodgers and then Giants and then Dodgers. It's, like, just, it's insane. It's, it's bad. Yeah. Um, and then you have Tarek Skubal, who, uh, as we might go a little bit longer in this podcast, um, who's not quite doing what we want with a slider and changeup, but he did get a lot of strikes with the slider last time that helped him have success. I want to see the whiffs with those pitches. Only one whiff on that slider last start in 22 thrown. Zach Plesak? Did well with fastballs. It's not really what we want, but they weren't terrible secondaries. It was just his fastball got away with everything, and maybe that's a sign of what actually can come. And, of course, then there's Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, so that's what I want to talk about. So he was someone that you raised originally 19 and then raised him up even more to 23. He obviously – I mean, it's funny. There's a no-hitter, and it probably wasn't the best pitching performance of the week because that no. probably went to Tristan McKenzie in his near-perfect game. 11 strikeouts. Uh, I did the video this morning of him, and actually it wasn't the best inning. Um, he had two strikeouts in and out, but the out was on a really bad pitch down the middle, mm-hmm. um, and he didn't have the best command. Now – the strike zone plot overall through the game, I think, was was as good as we can hope for from McKenzie. 
I think it is kind of interesting to look at like the the questionable ending that even though you get the results, like you can see like oh wait no against a, a good offense this is not actually going to hold. Yeah. And what he's doing is he's doing the classic Blake Snell blueprint, which is great. Exactly what McKenzie should be doing. Four seamers top third of the zone. And that curveball, man, that curveball, best command of it I've seen from mm. him. Bottom of the zone, like right at the bottom and underneath it. Decent sliders underneath two. If McKenzie can do that, I mean, really consistently, like not have an erratic fastball and actually nail the top of the zone a ton with it and actually keep his breaking balls down. He will have a lot of success, and that's why he's all the way up here at 59. I don't know if that's going to stick, though. That's a lot of ifs is what I was going to exactly. say. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's a lot of different uh, you know, things that really kind of need to go his way. I will say at this point, there aren't many guys that have those significant ifs, though, and that's why he's here. Yeah, we're already getting to a point where it's it's a little bit later. Now, one of the things that really actually surprised me about that start is all, a lot of lefties. Remember, he's not been historically good with those splits whatsoever. That's a great point. And he, I mean, I think it was predominantly lefties that he was facing that day, uh, which makes sense to load up against lefties against him. And yeah, pretty, pretty good there. So you'll notice uh, if you look at the strike zone plot looking at him against lefties, he did a really good job of getting up and into them with mm. a four-seamer. And if you want any sort of indication like, oh, Nick, what is a good, good commanded fastball that gets outs? See how often a four-seamer goes up and into a guy? And the opposite handedness. Yeah. So righty inside up and into a lefty and vice versa. You'll see like the 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 amazing stretch that Irvin Santana had. I remember doing a gift breakdown of it because I was just so upset by it. I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> and that's what it was. It was just constant up and in jamming to the, the Rangers. And I was like, oh, this is it. I understand now. This is how he's getting his outs. I love that, though, because I think that there's a mental aspect to that pitch, too. You know what yeah. I mean? There's something that says, like, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do this. And I... I the Tigers are once like I. This is my favorite thing to do. I feel like I've been doing this for five years. Tigers are not a bad offense. Tigers are a much better offense than people think. I think people think that the Tigers are one of the worst offenses in baseball, and they're not. They're actually middling. Yeah. They're not terrible right, by any right, stretch right. of the imagination. They're worse against the lefties. Yes, they are. They are a little bit worse against lefties. But over, let me see what they're. So overall, their woba is right, literally in the middle of the pack. Nice. They have a better overall woba since the All Star break than the Yankees. Wow, which is pretty surprising. Yeah, and it's—I mean—it's not the biggest sample size overall, but it's still a a, a pretty significant sample size. Uh, but when you're talking about just against lefties, you're saying, "Yep, let's see what happens to their woba." If it's just against lefties for the Detroit Tigers, they are no—they're twelfth, twelfth best woba against lefties. Really? Yeah, that's surprising to me too. Yeah, absolutely surprising. Yeah, I thought it would a little bit been a little bit higher. So well, there you go. There middling. proves your point. There it middling. Is. Yeah, yeah, middling. Not not a poor offense. Not an offense that you can... They're not like Texas where it's like, yeah, go ahead and just stream against them. Texas, right. however, not great, Bob. Um, okay, so we talked about Tristan McKenzie. Uh, Eliezer Hernandez. Uh, oh, actually, I think I might have my tiers a little bit wrong here. Yeah, I did. He's in the other tier. Jordan Montgomery returns at number 60. Um, a, too, a little too conservative there? Oh, oh, you thought he should be higher? Maybe. I mean, well, there's, a, there's a good amount of upside there. We saw him have a nice little stretch there. Just wasn't getting any run support whatsoever. Oh, I mean, seriously, actually, literally, literally, yeah, literally zero no. over five starts. It was so really bad. So I guess bad. if we're talking, uh, yeah, for, I guess maybe you could make an argument that he should be in that Gray Gray Snell Rodriguez tier. You know, it is tempting. I I think the case with Montgomery is he has these two really good pitches. It's a changeup and a curveball that performs super well uh, for Jordan Montgomery. That makes up about half of his pitches. We're talking... A 37% CSW on the curveball and a 31 for his changeup. Changeup has a 23% swing strike rate as well. The uh, the issue here 
is he doesn't always have a fastball that's going to complement it right. Mm. And he's not efficient either with these. He's not a guy that's going to constantly push to be in seven innings. Last three starts had been under six innings each. It's not quite put together yet. Yeah. And I, I don't know if we're going to get there, especially after him coming off of COVID. So there's some rust maybe that might come with that. I don't know yet. Uh, we've been I've been waiting a long time for Jordan Montgomery to really click. And I don't think it's happened yet. So I don't know if it's going to happen this week, next week, next year. Yeah. I have no idea. So I, I recognize the upside here. And that's why he's inside this tier. But considering that McKenzie just went out and did it. Yeah. I'm giving him a little bit more credit. That makes sense. Uh, tier 11, Tuki Toussaint, David Price, Elias Hernandez, Stephen Matz, Austin Gomber, Madison Bumgarner, Cal Quantrill, Kyle Gibson, and Luis Gill. Uh, this is blockbuster. Because it's distinct? Because <laughs> because it could be defunct in about five years. <laughs> about like five <laughs> starts. Is that's, that what it that's is? pretty much what it that is. That yeah, is yeah. great. I, I actually <laughs> like that a lot. Yeah, Tuki, it's tough to trust that stuff always, right? It's tough to trust what he's doing with those four seamers. David Price getting some opportunities. I think he's been fine, right? Hasn't really... Well, his- yeah, David Price is an opportunity now. I. Uh, it's kind of funny ha, um, how the, uh, the Phillies and Dodgers played a game last week where there was a rain delay after the second inning, okay? Yeah. So the Dodgers, they started David Price, and he actually threw soft. He threw like 91 or so. And then uh, and then it was a 50-minute rain delay, and he kept his arm warm doing, like, uh, weighted balls and everything and came out throwing harder, 93-94. Interesting. Okay? That was their game plan. And he went four-plus innings doing that. Mm. Meanwhile, the Phillies, 3D chess over here, oh, yeah. had not one but two openers to get through the first two innings. Rain delay happens, and then they send out Kyle Gibson for 100 pitches. Oh. Isn't that ridiculous? That's very good. So, like, they had, I guess, inside information or something that the Dodgers didn't have, or Price was like, ah, I got this. I'll be fine. I got them weighted balls. That's amazing. <laughs> right? Uh, I, I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool, yeah. Um, and at the end of the day, both of the pitchers didn't do well. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it didn't matter at all. No, that's but, I mean, that, that was Price's last start, which I don't really want to change anything for. So, hey, I, I think the Dodgers are going to need David Price now, and that's what matters. You know, we had this question of, is David Price going to get that rotation spot? Is Gonsolin, are they going to acquire more guys? All yeah. this kind of stuff. Right now, the Dodgers are like, oh, David Price, all the oh, oh, we're so God. happy you're here. And that's what he wanted. And he's going to get more stretched out now, and I think there might be something to chase here with that. So here he is at 64. All right, so what about Luis Gill, who appears unranked? I mean, I, I thought he was just doing one start of the double Yeah, so, so Luis Gill, uh, two starts that were ridiculously good. Five innings, yeah, and just, it was so surprising. He is going tomorrow for the doubleheader, mm-hmm. but there is also a rotation spot that's open, right? Domingo Herman is out right now. You, had, you don't know when Severino's coming back. I, I don't know between him and Cortez who is going to be starting after this, and there is a chance. If, if, if Heel does really well against the Red Sox, I mean, there's no way that the Yankees nation isn't just shouting from the hilltops, how dare you keep starting this other guy yeah. instead of Heel, who's actually like doing really, really well. Well, Nestor Cortez Jr. has been pretty good. Understood. Too. He just had a fantastic start, and I have him on the list. Yep, yep, yep. But, I mean, Heel is getting the love. Oh, yeah. And it's so obvious, given how hard he throws. We're talking mid to upper 90s. With a slider, that's actually getting a lot of strikes. Yep. I mean, so what, this, tomorrow's the test. Exactly. Right? It's been Orioles and Mariners, and now it's the Red Sox. Yep. Right? And dominant against, like you said, Orioles and Mariners, 11 innings pitch, no one runs, 14 to 3K to walk ratio. Yep. So, yeah. Now, I will say this. Because it's a doubleheader, that's why Gila's up. But they're going to have to option him after. It's the same thing we saw with Tanner Houck. You have a minimum days that you have to be in the, the minors, 
or a doubleheader or an injury. Mm. So right now, doubleheader, he has to come up. But if there isn't an injury or someone, he has to go back down. So don't be alarmed after that. But then he can rejoin pretty soon. Yeah, I wonder what if their schedule is just looking as such. No, they they play literally every single day after that, but they get Garrett Cole back tonight. That's really interesting. Yeah, I guess they do have plenty of guys. There might be an opportunity. They could even give a day off for for Cole to ramp back up from COVID and stuff. There's a lot of options here. We might see Heal get another start soon. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, All right, let's move on to the next tier then. We are looking at Casey Mize, Tyler McGill, Vladimir Gutierrez, Nick Pavetta, Jake Odorizzi, Tyler Anderson, Marco Gonzalez, Zach Thompson, and Cole Irvin. Mm, Oh, man. Community college. Okay. Because there are are options. (laughs) But, you know, I don't really want to take... Uh, the class of Zach Thompson. Okay. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. I mean, I can see, you know, I can get by doing Vladimir Gutierrez because that's a really nice schedule. So that's the first person I wanted to talk about, too, and I think it's a great way to describe him, too. Uh, great run. Four consecutive quality starts. Hasn't given up more than three earned runs in his last five starts. Nice amount of strikeouts in that time. 259 Babbitt with a 520 FIP and a 520 Sierra compared to, like, a mid-three ERA. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, that, to <laughs> me, is just, like, that's the new Vargas now, role where you're, like, having fun until... and But, yeah, like you said, I, I think it's two pretty... Pretty nice matchups for him. Oh, it's this a week. lot of them. The Reds have one of the easiest schedules the rest of the way, mm. and Gutierrez is going to feast off of that. Yeah, he's Cubs a Toby to me, mm. and I love the fact that his command is really good. His command, yes, a lot of called strikes. It, it's but I mean, we're talking changeups exactly where they need to be, arm yep. side down, away from lefties, uh, getting up and in to to lefties as well. You have a slider gets straight. It's like this is a this is a guy in command. Yeah, and that's really cool. And I, I think that that can work against the weaker offenses. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, I, I have to bring him up. Uh, Marco Gonzalez. Hey, man. He's, he's got a decent schedule. He did well against the Rangers. Gets the Rangers again. Like, all right, I'm in. He has. Yeah, he's, he's been on a nice stretch, but not the toughest opponents. I'd say for like one start against the Astros, I want to say maybe the Yankees. He just might, yeah, I don't remember which one. one. Yeah, he just dominated the, the Rangers, but yeah. now it's a 1.67 ERA with a 0.9 WHIP since the All Star break. Nice comes with a 207 BABIP. Love, yeah, yeah. Enjoy yeah. it. While I, I mean, last, look, baby. hey, he's going to get the uh, the Rangers again. Same as same as Tyler Anderson, who's also going to do the same thing. So they're yeah. both here. Maybe I could have swapped Marco Gonzalez and Tyler Anderson, but honestly, Tyler Anderson <laughs> has been so much more consistent. Of like, I am a Toby. Hi. Sure. Good to meet you. While Marco Gonzalez has been flat out bad at times. It's also 77-78. Yeah. Like well, you know, maybe I could. Uh, choosing Jigo to Rizzi is also returning to the list. Uh, the Astros, wonderful schedule coming. Okay. I mean, he's, this is, this is weird. Oda Rizzi didn't do well against the Mariners and Rangers, but then finally did well against Rocky Road. Mm. It's going to be Mariners twice. It's going to be Rangers and then Royals. Ooh. So, yeah. 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 Tier 13, <laughs> Carlos Hernandez, Reed Detmers, Chris Flex, and Daniel Lynch, Logan Gilbert, Luis Patino, Andrew Heaney, Jesus Cesardo, Patrick Corbin. I got one. This was the one I had. Okay, well, this I'm calling it... Uh, I don't care. Wolver- Mute him! Wolverine framed photo dot JPEG. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I understand the sentiment of that. To me, it's cookie dough. Cookie dough. Because it tastes so good, but you probably shouldn't right now. <laughs> Right, like they're Hazel not. It's not fully cooked. Yeah, exactly. Like Hazel Cesardo, right Luis Gil, uh, Logan Gilbert, Luis Patino, Daniel Lynch, that. Reed Detmers. Oh, it tastes so good. It tastes so oh, man. Those sliders, those curveballs. <laughs> ah, I 
can't. His cookies out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, the cookie yeah. note. That's the cookie note here. Logan Gilbert does not have a slider. Patino had that one start against the Yankees and has not been locked in since. Andrew Heaney, I mean, come on. Uh, Jesus Lazardo is not a finished product right now, like Cookie Dome. Cookie Dome. Uh, Patrick Corbin. It's so weird. Fast. I can't. I can't believe this. He is from a skills perspective. Yeah. It's the best I've seen him. But it doesn't matter. I. I why not? Lowest ERA in baseball right I now. Know. So. Ah! It's awful. Ah! Cookie Dome. I want to restart my PC. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's it's maddening. Now there's a Carl Carlos Hernandez at the top of this. Yeah. Right. Who's do you know the last three opponents that Carlos Hernandez has had? I think they're were, they were very good. One, there's like the Yankees and White uh, Sox, White Sox, Yankees. Yeah, not and a lot survived. of K's, if I remember, but uh, yeah. but suppress the contest. He survived yeah. this, and and now he gets the Astros, and it's like, well, maybe at some point this will work. Reed Demers just did well against him with a ton of called strikes in the curveball. That was, I think, yeah, I think it was ten called strikes in the curveball, exactly, something like that. Yeah. It was unreal. It's, it's cool. That's what he should be doing. He's got such a good against curveball. Against the Astros. Against the Astros. Against the Astros. Yeah. yeah, I wonder if they're just spitting on it waiting for something else. Yeah, well, great. It's free real estate. It's free real estate. Seriously, I'm leaning into that. If you don't know that, anytime a, a pitcher does an early strike with a secondary pitch, just a called strike like that, it's free real estate. They're not going to swing at this. 100%. And you, of all people fast, Love have talked about OO count, the pitcher is behind. 100%. OO count, and you start, the hitter is already ahead. So Just why throw not? the breaking ball. But th- this Get year, straight. it's free real estate. Highest CSW and OO counts, sliders. Unbelievable. Yeah, there it is. Love it. You there love it to see it. Absolutely. Um, tier 14, we're looking at Mike Miner, Nestor Cortez Jr., Bailey Ober, Braxton Garrett, Griffin Jacks. What a stretch of names, those three. <laughs> and Eli Morgan. This is the furniture store. Okay. Because as a kid, like your, your parent would bring you into the furniture store, like, Mom, can we go? Sure. I don't want any of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. there there is some excitement here, a little. Like yeah, Bailey the Ober one had trinket in the corner. Seventeen, uh, it, yeah, it's like the the couch I get to sit yeah. on. Oh, it's a cool uh, ottoman. <laughs> yeah, well, that you know, those those ottomans stopped existing a year, uh, <laughs> sorry, hundred years ago. Okay, uh, Bailey over seventeen four seamer whiffs last time out. Wow. Yeah. Seventeen yeah. four seamers or fastballs? Four seamers, because he doesn't throw a sinker. Wow. Yeah. And you want to know something cool? Guess how many whiffs he had on his all of their pitches, all secondaries, otherwise four. Zero. Oh, all whiffs on the four seam. <laughs> yeah. Interessante. Yeah, right. Okay, then you have uh, Griffin Jacks, who all of a sudden had like a 43% CSW on his slider with like nine whiffs. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't as good of a pitch as you think it is. Brandon Braxton Garrett, as there was a this sub 90, and it's very, it's very kitchen sink, like crafty lefty, and didn't do well against the Padres. And I'm like, well, maybe against Atlanta. And Nestor Cortez is very much... I mean, that's not real. We know this isn't real. And I wish it were real. I remember two years ago. Do you remember two years ago, Mm -hmm. we had the distinct honor of interviewing David Cohn. Yes, of course. And we asked, like, who are you watching? Who are you excited about? And he said Nestor Cortez Jr. Cortez Jr., yeah. Mm -hmm. That that has never left me about, like, He is fun to watch, too, just because of the timing. Yeah. It's it's, it's enjoyable. Right. It's a craft. It's like, oh, he's really doing the art of it. But I don't think this truly will last for your fantasy teams. Okay, uh, let's move into then the final tier. If you didn't think those were going to last for your fantasy teams, oh boy. Uh, JT Brubaker, Dallas Keuchel, Alec Mills, Jay Happ, and Tyler Gilbert. This is the apocalyptic shelves. Because you have like one can of corn left. Yeah, it's all you got. Yeah. It's all you it. got. Yeah. yeah. Tyler <laughs> Gilbert threw a no-hitter and he's 100. Yeah, because it wasn't the best. No-hitter is very good. It was fun to watch. Yeah. Great. Very happy. The video of him and his dad. Great. Uh, yeah, not great. Alec Mills cracks me up. Literally, it's just like if you—he's not going to give you K's. 
He's not going to give you whip. It's like He's not going to give you wins, but he's going to give you ERA. He's going to give you ERA. He's going <laughs> to... He's going to give you that. This is the best Gray Albright impression you've ever given. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, I love him. Uh, anyway, uh, Alec Mills, like, I could see your, you know, you can do a stream with Alec Mills on a Desperate Sunday, that kind of thing. Yeah, Jay Happ has actually been okay again. He gets the Pirates twice now. You know, uh, and Tyler Gilbert throws a no-hitter. You should think, oh, this is great. Well, Max Kranich had five no-hit innings in his debut this year. And yeah. See what happened there. I mean, it's just, it's not that. John Means threw a perfect game, and look at him now. He didn't. It was. You know, uh, you work with MLB. You should have people who can correct you. They know. (laughs) (laughs) The people in the Uh, know. Oh, yeah. I I submit every day in that suggestion box. Yeah, exactly. They know this font by now. It's calligraphy. My email's banned. Um, We did it. We got through it. John Means threw a perfect game. No, he didn't. Today, <laughs> all right, uh, that is going did to do you, it. Did you see the, the title for his last roundup? No, what was it? Uh, average Means. Oh, average. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Are uh, you going to try and work in median and all the other ones later? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, Average Means, that's just saying average, average. Yeah, that's the point. That's the, that's the joke. If you ever speak about my son again. Um, oh, okay. Noted. <laughs> The man threw a perfect game, and that's what you want. Uh, all right. Stop it. That's going to do it for episode number 271 of On the Court of the Official Pitchalist.com podcast. I'm your host, Alex Fast. And I'm Nick Pollock, and we'll talk to you guys next week.